so uh, hey, if you have your Bible app, you can pull up the notes for today, and I believe this is a great time to take notes, and there's re- uh, scripture references there, because we're going to go straight to one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's found in Mark 10, uh, Mark 10, beginning at verse 46. It says, they came together to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. You know, some of that, uh, we, we just have to have some f- spiritual fight inside of us, and I hope you do. Now, we want to fight the right fights, right? We don't want to fight the wrong fights, and I don't think the fight is about whether you wear a mask or not. I think it's considerate. Whatever way you feel about that, that's your choice. Uh, that's not the fight we should be having. We should be fighting on our knees in prayer, believing God to move during this time. Church people, amen? That we see God move and set people free. I believe he's fixing to wrap this thing up. So we want as many people to receive Christ as possible. So that's, that's what, the way we should be fighting. But he shouted all the more. I love it. Many rebuked him, told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped on his feet and came to Jesus. Look at this question. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Don't you want to see everything that God has for you? Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Today I want to talk to you just a few moments with the title, How to See What You Don't See. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for every person, Lord, that has turned their hearts toward you. Lord God, in every place, in every church, in every home, Lord, I believe you are doing a work in lives Now, Lord, I pray you would help us not to be swayed just by what we see, but help us to look past what you want us to see. And, Lord, today we ask you to speak to our heart. Church, would you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let me get us going with this statement. What you see is not all there is to be seen. So, how many of you see two elderly people needing dentures? But how many of you, how many of you see a, a, a Latino man and a woman, a Latino man playing a guitar with a woman also holding a bowl, I believe? How many of you see that? Do you see that? How many of you don't see that at all? Would you raise your hand? <laughs> and it would be a stretch like that. It may be a little hard to see. But here's the man. And with a lady sitting in the window, I hope she's clothed. <laughs> and here's a here's a, a woman on this side. So some of us some of us are able to see it just like that. Some of us still haven't seen it. And the point is, there's more 
that meets the eye. And if you just focus on the obvious, you're going to miss some things that really God wants you to see. The world sees pandemic, death, hatred, anger, and it looks pretty bad, but there's more than meets the eye. I told you this a few weeks ago. God told me, don't concentrate on the doom and gloom. Just get ready for the boom. And y'all, I'm, I'm looking for the boom. I don't know what the boom is. I just know I want it if it's from God. And I, I want all that he has. So I want to look past just the natural into what God wants me to see. So you can't always just trust what you see. There's more. Let me give you some disadvantages to what you see. Uh, this, the first one is this. What you see is limited by the natural. And I just alluded to that. We are... Uh, our, our senses are one-dimensional. Our sight is one-dimensional. Uh, there is another dimension that sometimes God allows people to see at different times. and um, It's called the spirit world. And even though you cannot see it, it's more real than anything than you, that you see. The Bible says that everything that is seen has been made from the unseen. We know God, the creator. He made everything that we see it's more real than anything that you see before you. So you cannot be so swayed by just what you see because there's a lot that you don't see that really matters. We're going to learn how to see beyond what we see. Another disadvantage to what you see is this. It's clouded by your perception. Your perception has a lot to do with what you see. Perception is based on your individual senses your individual understanding. I'm going to give you another image, and somebody please tell me the color of these shoes. If you say these shoes are gray with teal trim, would you raise your hand? There's two people, three people. You are wrong. These shoes are pink with white trim. Would you raise your hand, everybody that sees that? I don't see how in the world you can see these are gray with teal when anybody in their right mind knows that they're pink. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they say if you see the pink with white trim, you're right brain dominant. And I'm left-handed, so I am right brain dominant. We're the only left-handed people. Any left-handed people raise your hand? I'm only left Kelly? Okay, so me and you, Kelly, are the only people in our right mind. And um, so these shoes are pink, if you wondered, with white trim. So you cannot go by just your own perception. Your own perception will limit you. Your own perception is your senses, your understanding. It's based on your mental ability, your experiences. And some people have the wrong perception when it comes to God. And the pastor would say, oh, God is a loving father. And because of your experience with your own father, you have a wrong perception of God. You cannot see him as a loving father. That's just one example. As a youth pastor, I was very careful when I said that to so many teenagers, because we had so many teenagers that didn't even have a father. Uh, so they didn't know how to relate God as a loving father. So your own perception can deceive you. Another uh, limitation to what you see is this, disadvantage. What you see is influenced by your own ability. Now that's true with natural sight. I'm finding that expiration dates on products are getting smaller. Does anybody else see that, understand that? 
I mean, they're just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I know it has nothing to do with my eyes because I'm not that old to need reading glasses. I am. And I'm having to rely on reading glasses more and more because I can't see the small print. It's my own ability. And so many people, this is true with their faith vision. And, and people are feeling this right now, and maybe you've said it. Have you, ever, have you ever said this, I just don't see a way out of this? Without hope, you don't have the ability to see beyond what you see. But others who have faith, they're able to not only see the way out, they're able to rejoice over it. And I'm telling you, what we're going through right now, I'm, I'm really believing God to give us a gift of faith. Because I believe God wants to bless his people during this time. And I've been praying for our family and for this church family, so I'm praying for you also, that we would have streams in the desert. What I'm saying is that even a time of, of what, everything that we're experiencing right now, that God's people would be blessed. I believe the church is going to come out on the other side of this more blessed than what it was before it started. You know, there are many churches that, uh, just like us, and we were had so much good momentum before the pandemic hit, we couldn't fit everybody in. We were going to be going to two services anyway uh, this fall, getting ready for to add more room, more people. And with the pandemic, everything just went upside down. Not just for this church, but churches all over, I'm telling you. But... I promise you this, Jesus said, I will build my church. So Jesus knows what he's doing, so we're going to keep pressing in to him in faith, not being swayed by just what we see, but what we believe God wants to see, us, us to see in him, okay? So we're going to come out blessed, amen? Okay, that was a good place to say amen. If you don't amen anywhere else, that was a good place to say amen. Okay, so uh, your own ability can limit you. That's the reason why you got to have faith. you got to believe. Um, so we're going to look at blind Bartimaeus to learn from him because even though he didn't have natural sight, I believe he had some spiritual insight that brought him a miracle. So what do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God told you? Or what do you do when you, what you see is not even what you want to see? Don't look at your spouse at the moment, okay? Blind Bartimaeus didn't have that natural sight, but he had some, some clearly some spiritual insight that helped him. So how to have spiritual insight? The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Stay in a place of expectancy. Stay in a place of expectancy. The scripture says this. Uh, to begin the story, it said, then they came to Jericho. And I think Jericho is very significant to mention, and I believe it was uh, significant in this story for him to receive his sight. Because Jericho was a place where a mighty miracle happened. As the children of Israel finally crossed the Jordan to come into the promised land, they saw, uh, they saw Jericho, this fortified city, and it was the first stronghold that they would face. It was the first obstacle uh, that they would have to overcome. So God promised Joshua, I have given Jericho to you already. And that's a great promise that God gave Joshua. 
But this city was fortified. It had city walls around it that were so thick that they would have chariot races on top of the wall. That's a huge obstacle. We sang it just a little bit earlier, how God will uh, tear down the walls that, that we have. <clears throat> and some of you are facing obstacles, walls that look so thick, fortified ways of things that you cannot overcome in your own natural mind, so you don't see a way through that. But with Jericho, God told the children of Israel to march around the city one time and do that for six days. And I think that's important for us to note because six is man's number. It's doing all that we can do. It's doing our best. But our best, how many of you know, is never enough? But God expects us to do our best. I really believe that. So he had them do the six days, walk around one time. But the scripture says, on the seventh day, God told them to march around the city seven times. Seven is God's perfect number. It's when God gets involved. And at the end of yourself, you will find God if you put your trust in him. So around the, the seventh day, they marched around seven times with the trumpets sounding, blowing. And God instructed them when the trumpeteers blow a long uh, blast, thank you, my mind went blank, blow a long blast uh, to give a shout. And they did just what God commanded them, so important to follow God's commands, and the walls came crumbling down. Uh, one, some theologians say that the walls were pushed into the ground. Others say that it, was, that it fell inwardly out, was pushed out. Either way, the miracle was that God tore the walls down. It wasn't the shout. It wasn't the, the trumpets. It wasn't the march. It was God. And the reason why God did it is because they sure obeyed, and they expected God to do what he said he would do. So my point for us, for us to learn from Bob Bartimaeus, the point is this. Stay in a place of expectancy. Number one, stay in a place of expectancy. Believe that God will do what he said he will do. If you do your best in obeying him, God will do his part. You don't have to worry about him. Just do what God has told you to do. There's nothing the scripture says that God cannot do. All things are possible with him and the scripture also tells us all things are possible for those who believe. Do you believe today? Are you in a place of expectancy? Or because of the conditions that, that we're in as, as, a, as a country? Or maybe personally, have you taken your place away from expectancy? Have you taken yourself out from that place? And I want to encourage you today, come back to that place believing God to take care of you. Yeah. You should do your best. Do what you can do. But we all should know it's only God that can do anything good for us. So be sure to stay in a place of expectancy like blind Bartimaeus. Believe your miracle to walk by just like he did. You may say, well, Pastor, I, I just don't see it. I don't see a way out. And I would encourage you today to look to, look to God. Look up. The scripture says this. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
He is the one that's going to do what you need to do. Put your faith in him. Stay expecting him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so another way that we can have spiritual insight is this. Ignore the obstacles. And don't we have some obstacles today? I mean, really, in reality, as a Christian, you always are going to face obstacles. Obstacles are going to be a part of spiritual life. You have to always battle the flesh. You always have to battle the natural. And with blind Bartimaeus, he had some obstacles because the scripture says many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But what I love about this man is that he didn't give in to his obstacle. The scripture says he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So what do you do when you face obstacles? You're going to face obstacles as a Christian. What do you do? Do you cower away? Do you give in? Do you give up? Or do you press in harder with God? I love it because it says he shouted all the more. Going back to our story with Jericho, what did God tell them to do? How did the walls, when did the walls fall? When they shouted. And that shout represents praise. So when you're faced with obstacles, the best thing that you can do as a Christian is just to stop whatever you're doing and turn to praise. Whether you shout or not, I don't know. I think some of us need to get a shout. But you should turn to praise. Start lifting up your voice instead of focusing on the problem and the obstacle. We should start lifting up our praise to God. Start thanking him for his goodness. I talked to my sister and brother-in-law a little bit earlier, and it was so funny. They told me this week was, it was just a tough week for them. And, and uh, so Terry, my brother-in-law, said he came home one day, and he was on the phone, and he went to open a door in their attic, attic, and the door came off the hinges while he was on the phone and hit him on the head. And um, so he, he, he's stunned by that, but he was on the phone, so he kept talking. To, it was a, a transaction, you know, somebody needed to talk to. So anyway, the door hit him on the head. So he recovered from that, and um, he later on that same night, I believe, went to open another door, and that door came off the hinge. And um, so, you know, he's okay, okay, he's aggravated, he's frustrated. Well, I think it might have been the very next morning, the garage door quit working. And I said, Terry, that's just, it was just obvious. You know, some things that are hindrance, obstacles, or are just life, right? But sometimes it's a spiritual thing. And I said, I think that's just obvious. That that's in a spiritual, a spiritual attack. And uh, I said, that's a great time for you just to stop and just praise God. I'm telling you, if you want to confuse your enemy, you just start becoming a praiser. It, he don't know what to do with it when you start praising God. And what happens is, I wrote down this formula. Let me see if I can find it. Praise over problems equals God's prob presence over problems. That when you begin to praise God instead of giving in to your problem, God's presence shows up and he is over your problem. And when God's presence shows up, everything changes. And Terry said, that's what, it, that's what I did. He said, I just walked outside and just looked up to the stars and said uh, something like, God, you have this, uh, you know, this, this could be worse. He gave a praise to God. And I said, look, if you look a little further, I think it's, I think it's, 
It's significant that it was doors that kept breaking, three doors. And I said, I think I would just start praising God for new doors to open for you. It's all about the way we see it, right? And God wants us to see beyond what's right before us. And I believe God's going to be opening some new doors for them. You've got to ignore the obstacles. And one of the sure ways to do that is to lift up a praise to God. Begin to, whether you shout or not, I think you should. I think you should get by, by yourself and just shout a praise to God. I guarantee you to feel good. You shout about other things, right? You shout when things go bad. Give a shout to God. Give some praise. Whether you shout or not, become a praiser. And you'll begin to see things differently. And I love it because Bartimaeus, he shouted all the more. And then it says, Jesus stopped. So this blind man who was shouting crazily, who was told to be quiet and he shouted all the more, he's the one that stopped Jesus in his tracks. Jesus stopped. He had the focus of Jesus, the creator of all things, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Blind Bartimaeus had his attention. And I love it because he said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. And I love that because the same people that were telling him to be quiet had now to call, they had to now call his name. And I love that about God because the Bible says that he will set a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That God knows how to turn it around for you when it looks bad, looks like no way out, and even enemies watching for you to fall, God can set a table of blessing for you. Now church, that should make you happy, right? Should make us happy. Cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Then verse 50, I want to focus on this one for just a moment. It said, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. So the point I want to make from that one, the third way to have spiritual insight is to give all your trust to Jesus. The cloak for blind Bartimaeus was a source of security for him. As a blind person, he would take his cloak and put it over his lap or close by him. So when people would throw him coins, they would throw it on his cloak. There was no way he could find the coins unless he did that. So they would throw it on his cloak, and he would be able to gather his cloak up, gathering the coins. Now, I love this because he, you, this is proof that he put all of his trust in Jesus. He not only walked away from his security, that cloak. You notice the scripture didn't say he took time to pick up the coins. Throwing the cloak means, means that he threw the coins too. He wasn't planning on coming back to that place anyway because he put his complete trust in Jesus. He left it. He walked away from it. And maybe just some of us, we have put some, too much security in other things. Now, I think it's important for us to plan. I think it's important for us to have savings. If you can have savings and retirement and and things like that. Hey, those things God doesn't mind. He wants you to plan. As long as you don't look to them to be your source. As long as you know God is the giver of everything good in your life. And if you don't have a savings, he knows how to give it to you. 
If you don't have retirement, he knows how to give it to you. If you do, it was he who gave it to you to begin with. You put your complete trust in him as your source, not in nothing else, not in nobody else. The mask is not going to keep you from getting the virus. It sure would help, right? But even the professionals say it's not 100%. Well, we're going to do it and do our best, right? But God is the one to keep you healthy, whether you get the virus or not. Well, if you get the virus, I know my, I have somebody that close to me that has the virus. Well, they're recovered, and God is doing the work in their life. You cannot go wrong when you put your trust in Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Patty. You're my amen corner today. I'm going to buy you lunch. <laughs> now I'm getting some more amens. All right, let me get to this next point. And um, this is so unusual, this question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus. You don't have to be the uh, son of God to know what Bartimaeus needed. This blind man threw his cloak aside, a sign that he's a beggar, and walked to Jesus. Now, we're not sure. I think one, uh, one a gospel mentions that he had others bring him. But you can tell this man was blind. And so Jesus to ask him, what do you want me to do for you? And I think that's so unusual, don't you? I mean, it's obvious that the man needed sight. But the bigger need blind Bartimaeus had was spiritual forgiveness. Uh, spiritual salvation, rather. Spiritual sight. He needed that beyond his natural sight. And I believe because we read in the story, he followed Jesus, that came. The point I want to make with this is when the creator of all things, when you have his attention, and if he asks you, which I believe he, he is asking, what is it that you want me to do for you? What are you going to say? And so many times, sure, we have faith and we want God to do some things for us, but I think we have to have faith to ask, and, and I, you can add this in parentheses if you can, or, or in the additional note. Have, don't just ask. Ask in details. Have enough faith to ask God in details. I, I'm a person that I believe I'm a man of faith, and I ask God, but I don't ask him in details. And I think God honors our prayers in faith. We know he does, but I think it blesses him when we just ask in details. If you have kids, if, the, if you come up to them, I mean, if they come up to you, they're not going to say, hey, uh, if Nick came up to me, he ain't going to say, Dad, just give me some money. Because he knows I'll pull out a quarter and give it to him. I gave you what you asked for. No, he's going to ask in details. If your kids ask for something for Christmas, and you say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, they're not going to say, ah, oh, just whatever you want to get me will be fine. No, they're not going to tell you what they want and where you can buy it from, right? And I believe God wants that from us. Patty amazes me. Uh, I have a, I'm a man of faith. She's a lady of faith in details. She asks in details. Okay, and and I've, I know I've shared some of this before and not trying to earn points with her, but it's, it is what it is. Because God answers her prayers in details. 
I've seen her. I, we wanted a cat one time right after we got married, and so we wanted a cat, and I don't even know if I prayed for a cat or not. I don't know. And, um, but come to find out, uh, she prayed not only for God to give us a cat, but to give us an orange cat with orange eyes. I don't know where she got that from. All I can tell you is that in our apartment at that time, I opened the door one day, and an orange cat with orange eyes walked in behind me. A few years ago, this is about about six years ago, we wanted to get a dog mixed up for us. We really didn't have a dog inside that could make it with us. And um, so we talked about a boxer, but we just, hey, I wanted a dog that looked like a dog. You know, some dogs don't look like dogs. I wanted a dog that looked like a dog. And um, she, uh, I didn't know this, but we, uh, she prayed on the way over there that God would not just give us a dog that looked like a dog, that God would give us a boxer, a female boxer puppy. And um, so, you know, that's, that's a pretty big request for a, for a um, shelter, you know, we're there to rescue a dog, and she's asking for a full-blooded boxer and uh, for it to be a girl, not a boy. We didn't want a boy. And um, so we get to the shelter to pick out our free dog, and outside the shelter is a man with a puppy, and we happen to walk up, and it, the, the place hadn't opened yet. And he's not just holding a puppy. He's holding a boxer puppy that's a female. And as we struck a conversation struck up a conversation with him, he said, I give you this dog. And I give you food to go with the dog. Gave us some other stuff too. And um, you didn't pray for the food, though. You just prayed for the dog. It's amazing how God, I've seen her get details from God, prayers and details. And I, I just want to encourage you. If you're not seeing what you want to see, and maybe that you're not having faith enough to ask big enough in details, uh, there's a story about a pastor, his name is Dr. Young Yi Cho, and he only pastors the world's largest church in South Korea. I want to say there's like a million members, but when he started out in ministry, he was in an area that was very poor, he was poor himself, and he said, God, I really need a desk that I can sit at and study, and I need a chair with that desk, and he said, I need a bicycle for transportation and I, so I can get around and minister. And six months went by, and he still didn't have any of that. And he went to the Lord in prayer. He said, Lord, how can I pray? How can I preach faith if I cannot even use it myself, basically? And God told him this. As a matter of fact, I wrote it down. He said, God told him, you and all my children beg me, demanding every kind of request, but ask in vague terms, and that is why I do not answer. Don't you know that there are dozens of kinds of desks, chairs, and bicycles? You simply asked for a desk, a chair, and a bicycle. You did not ask for a specific desk, a specific chair, and a specific bicycle. So after God told him that, he repented. And um, I remember one thing about the bike. I won't go into all the other details, but he said, I, I didn't just want a bike. At that time, American bikes were better. So he asked for an American bike. And even a specific color. And he got, he asked God in details, in faith. And shortly after that, God gave him those things he asked just the way he asked it. See, I'm convinced that God answers our prayers sometimes, but because our prayers are so vague that we don't even realize the prayers answered. I encourage you, hey, if you want to see what you don't have, 
begin to write out in details. Have enough faith to ask God in details. Knowing that anything is, you don't deserve it from him, it's all because of him. But ask. Have faith to ask in details. And I, I believe that's the reason why God asked blind Bartimaeus. The sight was easy. He could have had whatever he asked for at that moment from the Lord, I believe. Okay, so have faith to ask. And then the last one is this. Well, let me give you these scriptures. Look, you do not have because you do not ask. Look, if I get to heaven and realize that I missed some things that I really wanted or that I really needed, and I missed those things just because I didn't ask, I'm going to be mad, aren't you? I'm going to be mad about it, mad at myself. And God says, you don't have because you do not ask. And the scripture says, Jesus said, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That's what Jesus said. You believe you received it, and it's going to be yours. All right, would you stand up for this last one? And Going back to the story, Mark should be Mark 10, 52. I love it because blind Bartimaeus said, I want my sight. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. So if you want to have spiritual insight, take the next right step. Take the next right step. Blind Bartimaeus took the right steps to get to Jesus and then after he received his sight, he took the next right steps to follow Jesus. See, I've seen people who receive what they needed from the Lord, then they forget about him. Oh, I'm sure probably all of us have done that. When times got hard, we, spent, we focused on the Lord, we called out to him, we done all the right things. And then when he, when he did what we needed him to do, we just sort of put them on the back burner and go on with our own life. And it always amazes me that the Lord just takes us back every time. He knows we're coming to him for the miracles, but he loves us so much he'll take us. But let's take the next right steps even after we receive what we ask for. Even after we get the sight, the thing that we're hoping for, let's still take those next right steps. Not only did blind Bartimaeus receive his sight, he got to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, the Messiah. Can you imagine the other things that he, were, he was able to see then, the miracles that took place right before his eyes? And as he followed Jesus, hopefully we can, we can say that he put his faith in Jesus and one day he stepped into eternity. Can you imagine what he saw then? So take the next right step today, no matter where you are. If you're not seeing what you want to see, take the next right step. If, if you are, if you're, if you're seeing all of your prayers answered, don't forget about Jesus. Take the next right step. Stay in step with Jesus. Take the step to get close to him. Take the step to lead someone else to him. Take the step to study God's word more and be more consistent in prayer uh, daily. Take that step. Take the step to serve in church. Take the step to be consistent in your tithe. Put him first in your finances. Don't hold back that thinking that you're going to provide for yourself. Do your best, but yeah, believe God is your source. 
Take the step to be to make some godly friendships. Take the next right step. God will let you know what that step is. You may not see everything. Just take the step that you know is before you. I'm going to give us something to do at uh, some take home, some some homework, some prayer work, really. I'm going to ask you to put some faith to your prayer with some details. I'm going to ask you to write it out this week. And when you go to God, go to him with some details. Don't just say, Lord, I want you to bless me on my job. Now, we're not being demanding. You understand, obedience is, is key. God, submitting to God's will is key. But he's the one that said, if you pray and believe you have received it, it will be yours. So begin to put some, some numbers to it, some money to it, some, some time to it. I've been praying for God. I prayed when we first, we bought this building a year ago, this time. And I prayed all last year, God let this building be paid for by the end of the year. Well, we still owe some, we still owe some money on this building. It's not paid for. I'm not giving up on praying for that. I'm praying for God to pay it all off. As a matter of fact, I'm claiming some other properties at the same time that we haven't even bought yet. That God will pay for them at the end of this year. Well, Pastor, what happens if it don't happen? Well, what happens if it does? See, so many times we withhold our prayer because we're afraid that we have to defend God. Don't worry about it. God can defend himself. And you just have faith, believing God to do the impossible. Now, it's so important. Faith is not limited by time. It shouldn't be limited by time. So, hey, God didn't do it last year. Uh, if God doesn't do it this year, am I going to give up asking? No, I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep believing. It should not be limited by time or difficulty when you have faith. But let's dream big enough to ask God some details. Let's have that kind of faith. So that's the, that's the take home uh, for this week. Now let me, let's recap. If you have spiritual insight, stay in a place of expectancy that agrees with that. Ignore the obstacles. You're going to have some. Give all your trust to Jesus. Have faith to ask. Take the next right step. You see it. You see it. If you do those things, you're going to have some sight, some spiritual sight. Man, I worked hard on that. I hope you can see it. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every person here today. Lord, in the natural, we're in a room that could seat 140 people. But Lord, because of where we are today, this service, we're few in number. Lord, in the natural, we're facing obstacles, jobs. In the natural, there's people right now that are having being tested, whether they have this virus or not. In the natural, Lord, the news is saying get ready for the second wave and there will be a third wave that comes by after that. Lord, in the natural, for your people, we sure can get discouraged. We can move from expectancy to maintaining. In the natural, Lord, we can hear the voices that are telling us to quit having faith, to be quiet on on. That Jesus stuff, Lord, in the natural, Lord, there's pressure your people are feeling. But, Lord, from your scriptures, I see that you do your best work when the odds seem impossible. 
And Lord, I pray during this time your people have faith, a gift of faith. Lord, I'm praying that we would have streams in the desert. That Lord, we would be so blessed during this time that other people would notice. And Lord, that they would want to give their life to you. That they would see your blessing on your people. And they would be uh, desire, they would desire to know the God that we served who's so good. Lord, your Bible says, your word says, it's your goodness that brings people to repentance. Now, Lord, I pray that you would begin to move in our hearts to draw us closer to you. That's the most important thing is to be close to you. Father, I thank you. With your heads bowed just for a moment, I, we do this every Sunday. We pray a prayer of commitment. If you're watching at home, you can pray this prayer right where you are. If you have sin in your life, and you know it's keeping you to be, from being close to Jesus. It's keeping you from seeing things that God wants to show you. It's time to deal with that. And we want to pray a prayer of what we call a commitment prayer. And this prayer also is a prayer for those that want to commit your life to Christ. You want to start this new life in Christ. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. And it's a prayer that initiates a relationship with Jesus. Some call it a sinner's prayer. I call it a commitment prayer. It's a prayer that initiates a relationship with the Lord to draw close to him. We're saying, God, I want to do it your way, not my way. So we pray it all together. We'll give you the words, but you give God your heart, okay? And let's pray it where we are. If you're watching right now, pray it right where you are online. Church, let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. With your head, head still bowed just for a moment, say, Pastor, that was my prayer today. I needed that. Would you raise your hand? I rejoice with you, I rejoice with you, I rejoice with you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says heaven rejoices at one sinner. Yes, I see your hand. One sinner that repents. Thank you, Lord. Today, Lord, I pray for them. I pray today that they feel your presence, that you would draw them closer to you. Let them hear your voice. Give them eyes to see. Father, I thank you for what you've done in their life today. In Jesus' name, amen.